This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Muck Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Muck Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with Muck Delivery. So, the only thing left to say is, you in? Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get reward points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee, and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Nathan here, a quick message to say you can start collecting world-class players and more in Top's Kick, the official digital collectibles app of the UEFA Champions League. Now, if you're like me and you're into Champions League football, start collecting and trading your favourite players from across the tournament with fans around the world. You know, build a squad of top players, including Mo Salah, Harry Kane, Phil Foden, Virgil van Dijk, Erling Haaland, the list goes on, and compete with those players in real-time scoring contests. The app has new packs available every week featuring brand new cards, original artwork, classic top card designs, and the key mission will be completing sets to earn awards and combine your common cards. I'm starting to get a hang of that now, guys. Combine your common cards, level up your collection. Tops Kick 23 is available worldwide and the app is free to download in the App Store and Google Play. Ah, we could get used to that. Kreuzer, hello and thank you for joining us today on Rob Ryan Red, the Wrexham podcast brought to you in association with Red 10 People Development. We've been up for the cup and now we're top of the cops and the table too. In a week we waved bye to old ham, we waved hello to a new stand. On this episode we'll look back at our wins against Oldham and Scunthorpe, look ahead to the trip to face Wilson this weekend and react to that FA Cup draw. And speaking of which, that FA Cup draw sees us play at home on the 26th of November and that evening is Gaztonbury. There's now less than 20 tickets left for the event sponsored Oof. by Rob Ryan Red. And Nate, it should be a really good night, shouldn't it, for a very uh, very good cause. Yeah, really good cause. Um, we're raising lots of money. Wrexham Lager will be there. Food, you name it. Hypnotic, the music that you will have heard in these podcasts, they're going to be playing among other music artists. And it'll just be a fun night. Hopefully, we're through to the third round of the Cup. And you can celebrate by, by playing your part. And, and we've given away two tickets. So, Kevin, enjoy those. Um, and it'll be great. So, if you can support that, gazdenbury.com. But, Rich, elephant in the room. We've got Scunthorpe, top of the league. We Southend did us a favour. Agent Callum Powell scored against Notts County. It was up to us. And we've gone and delivered. Never doubted Callum Powell. But, yeah, what a massive win that is. And if you look at... Even that win against Woking early in the season, it maybe got derided a bit as quite an underwhelming victory, but they're fourth on the table now. Wrexham top, a point ahead of Notts County. 50 goals scored in 18 league matches, and in three of those games, we didn't score at all. It is absolutely incredible, the rate at Notts in which Wrexham are scoring goals at this moment in time. Aaron Hayden, nine goals already this season. He would He's have won. Ridiculous. That would have been top goal scorer in two of our last, is it four or five seasons? It's... So he'd have, he'd, have beaten, he'd have beaten Bobby Grant for sure. And he would have beaten the season where Stuart Bevan and Sean Pearson were tied on oh, six. So in 2018-19 and 2019-20, no one scored as many goals for Wrexham as Aaron Hayden already has this season. And he's a centre-back. And he's not even our top goal scorer. We joked a few weeks ago that when Wrexham score, you say, was it Mullen? Was it Palmer? Was it Hayden? You usually go in that order. Wrexham <laughs> scored in that reverse order today. Aaron Hayden, Ollie Palmer and Paul Mullen getting the goals. And wow, 
what a incredible performance that is, Nate, because it's one of those games where you're not going to get much credit because it is only Scunthorpe away and they've been in poor form. They're 21st in the table, but we've seen Wrexham before and it's not always as pretty away from home. A few scares, but a deserved win. No, look, we had plenty of scares. That early in that second half, you know, you can just see all the tweets building up, everyone getting a little bit twitchy. You know, they're, they're kind of buoyed by their goal at the end of the, the first half and you know, we got sent out a couple of minutes earlier than Scunthorpe. You know, you knew, you just know that Parky would have been fuming to have lost that clean sheet. Sent them out. You know, there's a switch off at the back at the back post, isn't there, with uh, Tonnicliffe and McFadzian. They just haven't got the communication right there, which is rare because they've both played well recently. You know, McFadzian goes on to hit the post later. Tonnicliffe had one cleared off the line. Both could have scored on the night in the end. Could have had a few more. Um, and at two one, you're thinking, oh god, you know, is this, is this going to be another one of those frustrating away days? But actually, it, it wasn't. You know, and credit to him, it's a great ball from McFadden as well across to Mullin, and he's not missing those, is he? He's edging ever closer, cl- trying to keep t- touch with uh, Macaulay Langstaff. And you're talking about Aaron Hayden. Look at look at the top scorers now. You've got three of the top six play for Wrexham. It's remarkable. Mullen, Palmer, Hayden. That is ridiculous. Hayden as a centre back is in the top six scorers in the division. So I don't want to hear. I don't want to hear that this defender is better. We've said on a few podcasts, and I, I know I have definitely about him being un, you know, unmarkable in, in both boxes. He is so good. And again, Luke Young's, Luke Young's corner delivery. My oh my, that's improved this year. That is, that's as good for me as the long throw. Yeah, it annoyed me a few games ago. I remember complaining against it in the Maidenhead game, but the level of consistency has just gone up. And you've got to just remember how poorly we started the season last season. You know, we were scraping through games. It was only Mullen scoring the goals. And it's still a long way to go. I don't want to get too carried away. But what fills me with so much optimism is that we've already had a bit of a rough patch. We've already lost to two of our title rivals and we're still top of the league. We're getting goals from all over the pitch. We're scoring goals for fun, and it's just absolutely remarkable. And, and we had know, chance in that Notts game, Rich. We had, you know, you were there. We we had Notts the game. Chances. We should have drawn. Yeah, Chesterfield we were totally mm. outplayed, and again, yeah, Luke fine. Young was the the missing piece there. But mm. here's something for you. I mean, our average score this season in matches would boil down to three one. If we continue at this average of scoring goals and and getting the points we are. We would finish the season with 107 points and 128 goals. That's outrageous. It's outrageous, but it's not beyond the realms of possibility. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Just... I do want to give a quick shout out. I do want to give a quick shout out, Rich, to Liam McAlinden. You know, he, he came on as a substitute in that second half and and, and played well and and, and produced produced a, a solid solid cameo performance. You know, he's one of them that has been on the fringes and must be frustrated at he's not really being used in the reserve games because he's kind of probably too experienced for that. But he's not able to really crack consistently the first team. So, you know, the fact that he could step in there, put in a performance, comes in for Bryce Hosanna, I think that's a real, real credit. You know, we praised Sam Dolby, or especially on social media, we praised Sam Dolby after his cameo, after his cameo, his start against Oldham and, you know, he's been shy of minutes and goals. It's really, really good to see. You know, other players are stepping up now when we're we're, we're swapping in and out, and Parky's Parky's trying to keep everyone on their toes. I think it's really, really good and encouraging going into Wilson at the weekend. I think that's the biggest difference this season. It is that real strength in depth that we didn't quite have last season. Obviously, that's amplified because the starting eleven is better, and therefore the players who were playing a a bigger role last season and maybe now on the bench. But it's just. The fact that now we do feel interchangeable. Yes, we've got the stand-up players, the key players who who are missed, but it's the fact that so many of those sort of squad players can now be taken out, others put in there, and it doesn't make so much of a difference. It's it's remarkable. And I think that is what is is to our advantage that the other teams don't have going forward. Because again, I don't. I'm not trying to become obsessed with our, our opponents, but it's the fact that we've got goals from all over the pitch and. Yeah. Yes, we've got strikers who want to get the golden boot, want to be the top scorer in the division. But we saw last season, Chesterfield were amazing. And when Shimanga got injured, they were a very different team and their form dipped. Wrexham now, 
yes, we'd suffer if some of our key players got injured. That that is the case for, for any team. But of course we would. I just yeah. feel our strength and depth is is incredible and and better than any other team in the league. And we've also got the advantage of being able to strengthen in January. Well, not even in January. Whenever there's Don't no transfer window. Don't need January anymore. Do we? Yeah, but, need January you know, anymore. Sort of. That's your stereotypical time to to strengthen sure. it in the new year. And we've also got the money now to keep these players. There's no fear we will lose a key player halfway through the season because why would they want to leave and and why we said, wouldn't we keep I mean, we them? Said, we said recently, didn't we, about Aaron Hayden and, and you know, there's a lot of chatter on commentary about what teams will be looking at Aaron Hayden. There's no fear. I don't hold any fear that we're at risk of losing Aaron Hayden. Totally settled in the area. He's loving his football would want to be a part of this journey in, t- in terms of getting Wrexham back to the Football League after such an absence. And, and he's going for the golden th- boot. Yeah, and he's going for the... Hey, hey tell you what, he... If, he wins, what, he, if knows, he wins it, though, surely it's not a golden saying, boot. Surely it's just a golden head. Yeah, golden... What do you, What would you get? Just a, 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 gold, a golden a, brick wall or something, I don't know. Like Taskmaster, maybe a bust of his own head would be the real Yeah, that would be, be, be great. We'll see, see what we can do. Um, but I think Aaron Hayden is, is going to make an incredible and he could have had one he could have had a really strong shout last year if it wasn't for the injury at the end you know player of the season i think luke young's going to have a really good argument again well in, I think in a way ollie palmer it's going to be a hell of a battle for that award yeah well we said last season was always the paul mullen season but in yeah. a way aaron hayden was our player of the season because the season fell off a cliff when yeah. he got injured yeah, yeah. which only further amplified his importance to the team of course i guess the elephant in the room you, you can't be negative we're top of the we're top of the league, mate. Yeah, I'm top so of the hoping. National League. I'm so, I'm so, mate, I, I I, know we can't see each other whenever we do these podcasts, but I am grinning ear to ear, mate. So chuffed. I don't care that I've got a 4am alarm and, and I'm going to I'm gonna have about two well, hours. the fact that we're recording this after the game's finished. and Seconds after the game's ended. But you know what? I don't care. It's, uh, I'm, we're top of the league. And you know what I say? You don't, you know, you don't want to get carried away and all that, but you should. You've got to get carried away. You, you've well, you got see, to enjoy it. You've you... got to enjoy it. And to the 807 that went... You're sub- absolutely incredible, the lot of you. I saw uh, I saw Chelsea, I know we we both met at games before and, and she goes home and away all the time. Mitt skipped a graduation, rearranged her graduation, Rich, so she could graduate in May instead of in November. So so she could go to Scunthorpe away. That's what it's all about. It's uh, I don't know whether that's what it's all about, but I mean, that's what it's about for, for Wrexham fans. And Julie Rewarder, no friend of the podcast, James was up there as well, uh, questioning why I went, but no doubt enjoying it on the journey back. So, yeah, what a night. Going to absolutely fly home, isn't he, after that? It's just incredible. I mean, here's another stat for you. Out of all the teams in the top five divisions in England, Wrexham have the most points and the most goals. I mean, there's always... Have any, gone... have any, team, have any team in the top five divisions? Yes. Wow. Which I know is always mitigation because it... It, you know we play more games than a lot of the, than the Premier League and you know if you look at championship teams maybe it's a bit more congested in terms of quality maybe there's a less of a gulf but Leighton Orient are top of League Two and they've scored 26 goals we've scored almost double the amount of goals as the top team in League Two it's it is absolutely remarkable the fact that we're just keeping this up and you know we we're Wrexham. There will probably be some lows along along the way, and we know that. But just enjoy it. You've got to ride the wave. And what I was gonna say is, there's been so much criticism. It's usually from former pros. You look at the Premier League when Arsenal are winning games and they over celebrate. It's seen as a bad trait. You've got to just enjoy it. it it's I don't, part I don't of the believe. I don't. I don't I think believe in over celebrating. No, exactly. Because it. it's such a good winning habit, and the players want it more and more and more. You've got to remain level-headed. Nothing's won. There's so much of the season left. Sure, but who are We're the top celebration of the police? Do you and know what I mean? Just like, go on social media. Po- just go on social media and look at all the other fans who have been getting so salty at Wrexham, who absolutely hate us. We are hated again. Drink it in. Drink it who in. Are, Inject that to my these, veins. Who are these celebration police officers, though? Like, if we if we want to go nuts at, at beating Scunthorpe, or, you know, we want to go nuts at celebrating against whoever, it doesn't... It's nobody else's business, and again, you know, as a, I know, as as a, as a podcast, Rich, we're, you know, I don't think we'd be the type that would call out, you know another video of fans out to, um, oh, I, I tell you what, we will get no doubt called out for uh, as a fan base, couple of flares thrown on the pitch, that'll be another fine incoming. I'm sure the club will be thrilled, but 
uh, that's such a footnote in in what is another great away day and you know what as well I saw some pushback on or oh, this would be a statement win now it is a statement win because if we'd have slipped up tonight you don't know how many opportunities you're going to get to get your nose in front build up a head of steam now it's all psychological at a key point in the season Rich and uh, you know we've got some big away days to come Wealdstone's coming up Wealdstone and um, York is coming up soon lots to look forward to mate lots of big games bring it on just bring it on you know we're now the team to be chased we saw last season that it's maybe better to be in that chasing pack but we've got to embrace it now we're 26 goals combined palmer and mullin that is mental 29th of november they've got mullin's got 15 palmer's got 11 bonkers mate bring on the hate Wrexham not only top of the league into the next round of the cup as well. Before we get onto the draw, Nath, Oldham, pathetic. I mean, I think Frank knows all about uh, Wrexham AFC now, doesn't he? Oh, that picture was absolute comedy gold. You know, I, I wasn't overly fussed by what he'd said about, you know, he didn't know. He was on the wind-up and, and so be it. You know, he, he got what he wanted, in my opinion. He knew exactly what he was doing, trying to have a laugh and a joke, and, and, he, and he got the re- reaction he would have wanted. But as he sat there watching a, a hapless Oldham get ripped apart, it was like a piece of meat had been thrown into the lion's den, just absolutely savaged it. And uh, they looked lost. They looked like they had no idea. I don't know what they were trying to do. Luke Young had acres of space. Um, it was just... Uh, Mullen was class above on his birthday. And, uh, yeah, it was it was so one side. I mean... I have to say, it cheered me up, Rich, because I was in a coffee shop uh, heading for a, a coffee date. And uh, so I thought, you know what? I've agreed to it. Wrexham's on. So I'm like, you know what? I'm watching it with some of the staff in this coffee shop. They're asking me about, is this the team owned by Ryan Reynolds? And when when there was a no-show, me and the staff were just celebrating the goals. So it could have been a lot worse. It could have been better, but it could have been worse. And uh, I have super Paul Mullen to thank for saving my Sunday. So Oldham weren't the only no-shows on Sunday. Then. <laughs> Oldham were not the only no-shows. She was the female equivalent of Oldham on Sunday. So The female uh, John Rooney. Well, what a thought that that's, is. Oh, that is that's a terrifying thought, and I, I would like to think that uh, I've got a little bit better taste. But there you go. Yeah, she was a no-show as, as much as Oldham. Um, but it was just bizarre, Rich. I mean, it was so... You know, you were there. It was the most complete performance of the season? It was the most complete performance, but partly because the opposition was so inept and just awful. They were just... But you know but you know, you can get dragged down to their level sometimes. Exactly. Like if and somebody's so poor that we can just be like, oh, well... You know, because I think even even to, even like in the, going back to the Scunthorpe segment, like we were so comfortable at 2-0 that almost we sort of got dragged and lulled into a full, false sense of security and switched off. And I don't know if we'd have made that mistake at 0-0. Well, the other point is that there's this myth that teams play perfectly for 90 minutes. Like you, you think of the best United teams, yet, the best Barcelona teams, the the Brazil team in 1970, and you seem to think that they play perfect football for 90 minutes, never in any jeopardy of conceding a goal. Every pass is perfectly pay, pay, like um, placed. Sorry, it, it just doesn't happen. Sport yeah, isn't like that. Football isn't like that. Happen. There's just too much mitigation. Happen. There's too much, you know. There's too many sort of tangible things that I was chuffed for Dolby I was chuffed for Dolby mate to get that goal I know it's down the other end from you in front of the cop and we'll get on to the cop redevelopment and where we stand with that later in the podcast but yeah chuffed for him and again he just looks so happy I thought him and Mullen looked decent as a partnership it's always going to be Palmer and Mullen first choice but the fact we could rest Palmer bring him on later in the game and Kai Evans as well came on everything about that performance Rich there was just a lot of reason to smile and that brings on to what we said previously, you know, about the squad depth. It is the fact that Sam Dolby now does look so, like someone who can come on and influence a game. It's not just the goals. It was a good predatory finish. He was in the right right place, reading the game well. But he's also a player who has changed games from the bench, even when he's not scored. He's just occupied defenders, made great space. And yeah, it's it's it was a great, comfortable win. And it, you know, it was just such a non-event, really. I mean, it got billed as... A, as a massive game and 
you know, it was another great attendance and great atmosphere on the day. It was really enjoyable. Obviously, as a Wrexham fan, but it was a breeze. It was an absolute did you, did, breeze. Did you, did you get hold of a donut, or has that become part of the match day routine now? What's going on there on the donut front? I did get two mice green donuts before yeah. before kickoff as a treat yeah, for some, some people. Afterwards. Some people can't get some people can't get them into the ground now, mate. It's this this incredible. Uh, sleuthing that some people are unable to get these donuts into the tech end i'm fascinated by that this you don't want, you don't want to know how i got mine in but uh <laughs> i do not i do not want to know but Please it was delicious to our imagination um you you do you donuts want to know how i got it in, i but... do not i do not want to know wow. um but if you want to know what uh donut rich got or anything if you want to ask us any single question which you can do we did get asked a question this week rich about the bromley game we're going to get on to in the next segment about the draw and everything, but the Bromley game on the 26th will now be moved. And I was asked when would that be moved to. I spoke to someone at Bromley, still being worked out is what I was told. So they're still trying to work out the best slot in the calendar to slot that in. Um, so no news on that yet. Apologies to the emailer. But you can email us, robryanred at gmail.com. You can contact us via our contact form on our website, robryanred.com. Or you can get us on socials, TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, wherever you want to find us, you'll be able to find us. So, Nath, into the next round of the FA Cup. Farnborough at home. I mean, we don't want to be too cocky on this, but that's about as dreamy as it could get. Mickey Thomas did us a favour there, didn't he? Mickey Thomas and the Magic Balls, mate. Um, yeah, no, it was, I mean, home draw, which sounds is what we like wanted a, a lot of us. That. Yeah, that sounds like a, a, a children's adult books have book, got weird. Whichever Some way you want cho- to go. I've, I've seen a lot on social media. Some of these children books are just littered with innuendo. Anyway, very bizarre. So if you are a parent and you've seen said books, let us know. Or because... read Mickey Thomas and the Magic Balls. <laughs> Mickey, don't. I mean, if if someone hasn't written that, we probably should. Um, with Mickey sign off. Uh, but Mickey Thomas and the Magic Balls got us a home draw, which is what Parky wanted, and what we all wanted really. I mean, you know, anyone who was itching for an away draw, I get, I can see why at a big League One club. But really, we, you know, you don't want to go out in the second round. That's the worst way to go out of the FA Cup, in my opinion. That or the fourth qualifying round. Both of those rounds are just littered with disappointment. Um, and you know, respect with as much respect as I can give Farnborough. 19th in the National League South at the race course. You know, it's uh, it's about as good a draw as we could have hoped for. Yeah, and they drew on Tuesday night 0-0 with Eastbourne Borough. You know, they're not in the best run of form, we said, quite low in the table anyway. But yeah, it gives you the chance to dream again. We have got to get through that. There could be no complacency. What does fill me with hope is the fact that we haven't really seemed to have that complacency under Parker yet. We saw last season against Marine, Played a very strong side against them away from home. I think I think a cup run is very important to the owners as well. We are now one step away from something massive as well, like colossal, a game which will be talked about for generations, for a whole lifetime. So I think the pressure to win is is going to be there. And I think you know, hopefully, fingers crossed, at home in the Kairas, we can get over the line by hook or by crook, and then you're in the hat and you can dream, can't you? It's like when you buy a lottery ticket until a draw's made. You believe you might be able to do it. You start spending your money. And right now we're thinking, oh, it could be Tottenham away. We could play United, Liverpool, City, Chelsea, Arsenal again. You know, 30 years on from that tie. That would be poetic, wouldn't it? We had them at home. But, you know, it might also be, what was it last season? Harrogate Town we went out to. You know, we could still have disappointment, you know. But it's the fact that we've got the chance to dream again now. And I think every Wrexham fan would have taken that beforehand. So, yeah. Bring it on, really. Bring on the farm, bro. And yeah, fingers crossed we can get through that one. And like we said, we can then dream ahead to to great ties on, on the horizon, really. Nath, it's been a busy week, hasn't it? Not just the cup draw. We've also had that huge boost with the cop plans being approved. Yeah, I mean, I was one of those people that I thought I would take one for the team, sit through the meeting, which is not the most epic cinema you've ever seen in your life, I will be honest. No disrespect to the council, but it's it's not exactly watching the Marvel Universe. Um, you know, you're watching this meeting slowly but surely unfold. Eventually, they get to the cop plan um, and Sean Harvey appears, uh, all very, very smart and, and very forthright in his opinion. I think he's been like a dog with a bone in terms of this project, you know, desperately trying to push the cop through. And I was going to say, for Nate, sure, 
you know, the unsung he's... hero maybe of the takeover himself and Humphrey. Obviously, Humphrey's idea to push the whole takeover through and, and get sure, the ball rolling. Sure. But Sean Harvey, I know he came with a questionable reputation, um, and some fans we know not wanting him involved. And you know, we've seen you know lots of them voice it on social media saying, "Do we want this man involved in our football club?" From what I've seen, the way he comes across in the documentary as well, he's doing so much of the groundwork and played a pivotal role in getting those plans across the line. He's another that benefited heavily from the documentary, for sure, you know, in terms of reputation. We spoke a lot about Phil Parkinson, didn't we, and how a lot of fans warmed to him through the documentary and new fans really, really liked Parky from the off. I think it had a similar effect for Harvey, but the cop, you know, and you saw a little bit in the, in the documentary about the the bureaucracy of going through the council and Rob just wasn't on board with how long things take to do. But this was a really key um, key point in, in in the cops redevelopment. You know, this was this isn't the funding. Uh, it should be stressed. This is totally separate to that. This was planning permission, and there was some back and forth. I put it in a, in a long thread on Twitter at Rob Ryan Red if you follow us on there. Um, and I put a long thread on there about and actually Ryan Reynolds started liking a couple of the tweets, so he was even tracking it through our account. It seems rich. Um, but yeah, basically the, the the key issues are congestion around the ground parking you know is the answer support to coaches um you know what will happen in terms of just getting people in and out of the ground and the use of the stadium and the cop outside of match day so there was a little bit of back and forth on, on certain things certain councils were pitching ideas but the main thing was that everybody on the council is really desperate to see it succeed and do well and so what i thought i would do rich this week i've delivered i've, I've gone through my, my contact book again and i called called up councillor mark jones so i thought who better to give us the lowdown on where we're at with the cop and why a cop is important because a lot of international fans a lot of international listeners might it might be a little bit lost just how important getting the cop back is you know it's been a really sorry state to see it so kind of decrepit and weeds coming through and and you know not even the barriers there now so it, it's it's a real void in, in terms of stadium. And look at us, we're topping attendance charts in the FA Cup, um, in the FA Cup first round with a three-sided stadium. So, you know, just imagine the possibility of, of filling out a fourth stand. And, and yeah, it, it's amazing. So, yeah, here are the views of Councillor Mark Jones when I asked him about this week's COP meeting. Mark, thanks for Councillor Mark Jones then. Uh, you were in the meeting and I was kind of tweeting that out to people. And I know a lot of people listening were very invested in the situation around the cop. Well, what is the current state of play post the meeting for anyone who maybe wasn't wasn't tracking it? I think the most important thing that came out of the meeting was that it's had planning permission now. Um, that's necessary to move things forward, obviously, because um, it had to meet certain thresholds. There were some concerns about um, uh, parking issues mm. and congestion, um, but they... they uh, I think have, have been have been addressed to a certain extent. We'll we'll have to see how that pans sure. out. Um, but the the main thing is it's got planning permission now, so that uh, you can crack on with the actual clearing of the site, which is quite a big issue in itself, and and starting to build the new stand, which you know I think all fans recognise when you've got ten thousand gates and, and it's at capacity and there's demand for more, is needed now, uh, let alone yeah. hopefully in future seasons when we're, we're going up the divisions. That's the hope. I mean, a lot of international listeners who maybe have, have come into the club in the last two years, two and a half years, <clears throat> Yeah. Why is, why is the COP important? What is so special about it? Obviously, you and I have, have known it uh, before it's been closed, but it's been a real kind of sorry state of affairs to see it empty for so long. Yeah, well, the COP is, is you know behind the goals, and that's where the sort of core fans used to go. That's where I first went as a seven-year-old and and sort of got bitten by the bug uh, and watched a, a last-minute Aaron Griffiths penalty uh, back in 1969. You know, and that, wow. that's that's uh, that's how far back it goes. And I think a lot of people will remember the glory years and, and sort of there for you know, cup games in, in evenings, big giant killing acts, as well as, uh, you know, international football, of course. That's that's the other big thing. We used to have uh, full internationals being played there, some some fantastic uh, nights, 
there that I remember as well. And and so it, it really was, you know, like ripping the heart out of the um, the ground when yeah. when it closed. Was it, 15, was it fifteen years ago now? Yeah, it feels like a long time. And you know, it used to, you know, people used to cram in there. It was all standing then, of course. Um, and you know, that that was where the beating heart of the club was to a certain extent, or, or, the, or the, the fans. Um, and I think getting it back will really give you just that added dimension. You know, we've, we've had three-sided grounds for, you know, best part of 20 years. Um, and and to have that back, I think, will be fantastic. And, you know, it's all, we already make a huge noise with yeah. 10,000. I can't imagine what it's going to be like with 15, you know, 15, 16,000. It'll be huge. As a, as a councillor, what have you made of kind of this process? Because I know we saw in the documentary Rob and Ryan were getting very frustrated, but we're, we're at a point now where we're close to that demolition, aren't we? We're close to things getting moving. I know there's a lot of talk about levelling up funding and where that's going to come, but that meeting that we've just had about planning permission was a really big step, wasn't it, forward? Yeah, I think it was. I think it's important to maybe for fans from abroad to realise yeah. that this was just the permission. It's not about the funding. I think the funding should be, or in terms of the levelling up funding, should be resolved by the end of this month. Right. Uh, you know, and you would hope and expect that 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 funding would come forward because I think it is an investment in more than in more than the football club if i'm honest it's it's an investment in that area the area i represent and and i want to see that entire area redeveloped for the better um and and i think it offers us a lot more than just a football stadium then as well it yeah. offers us you know conferencing facilities it offers other things that can happen there which can only be good for Wrexham. Looking a bit more closer to home, one of the key things you talked about, and you've mentioned it briefly about parking and congestion, is there a, is there a situation where we get it up to about 15,000 fans where there is more of these kind of supporter coaches laid on? and Is that something the club could be looking at to kind of work it out? Because there isn't that ample space, really, is there, to kind of ease? You know, there's only so much that can be done, really, in terms of the congestion, as it was said in the meeting. Yeah, you know, I, I think a bit of common sense is needed. You know, we've got um, uh, the, the club's owners are obviously very community-minded, um, and I think they've, they've shown that in so many ways. And I think the community that surrounds the race course is already under pressure on match days in terms of congestion, you know, people parking inappropriately, so we say, you know, blocking drives and that sort of thing. Uh, and, and we just need a bit of help. If we're going to have another 5,000 people, that's going to mean an awful lot more cars. Unless we have better uh, public transport, we don't have the public transport infrastructure we had once upon a time. Um, I'd, I'd like to see that return, but in the meantime, I don't see why we can't have uh, the, the club putting on supporters, coaches, um, from the surrounding villages, and I think that'd be good for the club. You know, they, they might even make some money out of that. Um, but I think it'd also be good for the supporters, you know, um, and it's it's good for the environment as well. It's taking cars off the road. So, what's not to like? But I I understand it's more work. But you know, there's a, there's got to be a, a give and take. I think uh, in terms of you know, there's a huge benefit for the club in increasing their numbers you know in terms of attendances and some of that money i you know I, I quoted in the meeting i quoted it's 15 season tickets you know worth about four thousand pounds yeah. for the annual running of um any residence parking schemes um and i don't you know i don't think running supporters coaches for what 22 games a year would be hugely significant yeah and you know it I mean, if anyone who does want to watch it, I think you can access it through the web, the webcast on on the on the council website for another month. It is really interesting. A lot of the kind of key talking points and and different things that will that will kind of stop it. And Sean Harvey's the kind of club delegate that we see there. He, at the beginning, I think he he kind of quite divided opinion, but he with the cop process, I think he's gained a lot of plaudits. Have you been impressed by just the way he's gone about this? Because he's really been like a dog with a bone trying to get this over the line. 
yeah, you know, he, he, I, I, I accept that he's um, obviously has, he's got a job to do, mm. and and you could say he's done it, you know, uh, and and he's got that over the line. I'll, I'll reserve judgment on some of the other things, but yeah, you know, I, I, I hope hope that this now now it's happened that we can make sure that the community engagement is is stronger than ever. And and you finally, then you're very passionate about Wrexham as as a lot of us are. And I remember seeing you at Box Park, and it was a great atmosphere in there before the football went yeah. and ruined it. Um, yeah. But but right. how are you, how are you feeling about the the season, the the optimism? I mean, we, you know, we won't get onto the the talk about the meeting about the freedom of Wrexham and that sort of thing. But there's so much happening around Wrexham at the minute, isn't it? It's it's chalk it's and cheese good. from what it was. It chalk and cheese from what it was a, a few years ago when you know we were 19th before the pandemic and we didn't have much hope. Yeah, I, I think there is a, a wonderful buzz about Wrexham now. It, it's it's uh, it's faint, faintly amusing to see comments from I've got family in the states in Seattle and, and Los Angeles, and it's it's quite amusing to see comments from them saying, you know, this this documentary is stunning. You know, didn't realise Wrexham was was so brilliant, and you know, I I just think it's it's a fantastic platform for us. You know, and and, and trying to think think commercially almost yeah you can, you know why don't we twin with philadelphia and vancouver and why don't we you know max out on this while it while it happens it won't last forever sure. so we we should perhaps max out and try and twin with uh, philadelphia with all its welsh connections and and vancouver um while we can and i i, I just think we we um we're in a good spot at the moment and i think on the pitch as well you know, there's even when we have those sticky games, as we had the other week, um, where we you know hung on for one nil and there was a missed penalty and their keeper had a great game. You kind of thinking that would have been a last minute one all a season ago, mm-hmm. and and this time round it's not. You know, we 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 clung on, we got the three points, and it just feels different. Something feels better, and I'm I'm just very. Um, very hopeful that on and off the pitch the things are going to work out. So Rich, as he as he said there then, um, a, a major step forward and, you know, the cop, you know, we maybe didn't get to experience it in its heyday given our ages, but... Look, it's it's vital and it will be super popular when it does come back. If it does come through and it all goes according to plan and, and they've got lofty ambitions for it, then, you know, it, for me, that will be the highlight of the takeover. It was a key part of their mission statement, along with always beating Chester, but they can't make that happen, can they? Um, you know, you've got to remember that they said they want to explore what they could do to the renovation of the stadium. The cop is so iconic, but it's also iconic now because... It almost symbolises what went wrong at the club. It's this one great, once great stand with so many happy memories, but it is out of date, living in the past, no longer in use. And just the whole sort of symbolic nature of having that back would be would be massive for the club, regardless of how it looks and what the capacity is and if you've got a beer wall or not. Just to have the cot back, to have the four-sided stadium, of course, it then puts you into with the new Lux lights, of course, new floodlights, puts you into the pot to, to host international fixtures, to have real high-quality games back there again on the international stage. And it's for me, it's just the fact that it will signal and symbolise so much. It will symbolise the return, the rejuvenation of Wrexham, of this town, of this community. You know, To have the cot back is such a signal of intent about this club being back on the rise, back on the right direction. And you know, here to stay as well. A, and there's a and there's a beer wall. And so there's that's a beer always, wall. Yeah, so that's that's always good. I'm but, I'm easily pleased. But you know, in, in all seriousness, Rich, your your point is is totally valid. You know, and I think it's also important, Nate, because this week, and we we were thinking, how do we crowbar this in? But obviously, there's been Ryan's interest in, in investing as part of a consortium sure, sure. in an NHL team. You know, back home for him, and there's been some fans and obvious concern maybe of what that means for the future. Of Wrexham. I mean, I must add that, like, like you said, Ryan's been liking both of our tweets this week um, about, hmm. you know, Wrexham Football Club at the 
was it Ottawa Senators game? He was. That's it. Ottawa Senators. He's right. wearing Wrexham merch again. He's always trying to plug us as much as he can. He now has the bug for the club. Sure, yeah, he totally. might not be here forever, but no matter what happens, the legacy of their takeover isn't just the league they leave us in. It's this renewed belief, renewed, renewed love for the local team, and the fact that hopefully we'll have the the race course back with four stands as we remember it. You know, Rich on the on the kind of the 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 worry some fans hold around the Ottawa Senators. You know what Ryan Reynolds' involvement in a consortium. I love the fact that also on Jimmy Fallon, he, he suggested it could be consortium or consortium or something, um, which sounded a lot fancier. But it, part of being in a consortium for him, you know, it, the Senators are valued at over five hundred million dollars. So, you know, he's not going alone into into buying the Senators. It would be a, a you know LeBron James, for example, has a stake in FSG, which owns Liverpool, or has conveniently put Liverpool up for sale this week. When I looked at it and I shared the clip and I was getting these tweets about this is bad news for Wrexham and, and all that sort of thing, I really don't think it is because, and I, I use the example, it's slightly different, I accept, and he's not the most popular guy in comparison to Ryan, but you look at someone like Stan Kroenke, who owns Arsenal, he also owns the LA Rams. LA Rams won the Super Bowl last year and Arsenal this year are in legitimate Premier League title consideration. Same with the so, Glazers. You know, they, uh, the Tampa yeah. Bay Buccaneers. Did they win the Super yeah. Bowl two, three years ago? They certainly got they to the They did a couple of years ago. They and did I know United ago. haven't been so successful on the football side, but they're still an elite Premier League club investing huge amounts of money and just had their record spend last summer. They spent £250, no, £225 million on players. Yeah. So, but know, they're both actual owners, full ownership. Do you know what I mean? They are, they're full owners. We're talking about... Ryan fully, along with Rob, owns Wrexham Association Football Club, and that's amazing and great. And they've both got the bug, and you know they're tweeting fans and they're engaging in different posts and doing videos and all that sort of thing. This idea, or this—I don't know if it's an idea or it's fear or paranoia. It's, yeah, it's, it's, we've been it's, screwed over in the past. We've now yeah. got something that feels so good, and the fever dream is slowly fading away. This is the reality. Yeah. And it's just the thought that it could end a lot sooner than we ever wanted. I've got the same pessimism because, you know, you always think that. And my predictions every week are Wrexham lose, Wrexham drop points. You know, it's natural for us. We've we've been harmed so much in the past that we, it's difficult to trust anyone, isn't it? Particularly with your football club that you fought so hard to, to save. And Rob and Ryan get that. You know, they are here for the right reasons. They're here for a long time as well. They're only just getting started. Do not worry yeah, about I mean, that. You know why, why would you why would you invest in infrastructure if you weren't? I, and I, we're not talking a lick of paint here or there. We're talking a, a whole new stand that just is is going to cost a fortune to do. And the other thing, and you know, why would they want to leave now? They've not seen the fruits of their labor. They've not had the glory exactly. of promotion or anything. Exactly. They don't just want to get us to League Two. They want to take us above that. I mean, from their own sort of vanity, they've put so much in. Why do they not want to reap the rewards yet? It, you know, it just doesn't make sense. It just doesn't make any I, sense. I, I, w- I would say calm uh, or to, to, you know, Jacob Mendy, a, a Spanish speaker, I would say tranquilo. That's what I would say. All calm, all fine. Um, I wouldn't worry too much about the whole I mean, I've never spoke story. Spa- I've never spoken Spanish never. before, but I'm guessing tranquilo means tranquil. It just means, just means calm, relax. It's all good. Calm. Tranquility? Yeah, I mean, it, it seems like that. They all sort of mean the same thing, but Tranquilo is just essentially calm down. Tranquilo, yeah. just... There you go. Well, Jacob Mendy will what get Spanish it. What's Spanish for back the boys and make some noise? Uh, I don't know, but I will find out. I will learn. I've got my Sp- I've got, I've got my Spanish class this week. I will ask my tutor exactly what back the boys make some noise means. Um, but yeah, no, Rich, it, it, it's, it should be exciting. You know, uh, Ryan Reynolds sat there in his Wrexham cap. It could, it could, if anything, it could bring more sponsorship opportunities. It could bring more cross promotion. Well, eventually, there will need to be further investment, probably from another source, because if our ambitions are to go as high as we say, Championship or Premier League, it's not just movie star money, then, is it? As Rob called it in the doc, you would need maybe further investment. But what the takeover has done so far is demonstrated there is that core local audience. There's now a worldwide audience, a global market for Wrexham. We, we, what was it on? Did you see that tweet this week that we're like the sixth, seventh most searchable team on Flash scores? I saw that. When, when yeah, people are Rob, looking to see that, yeah, yeah people mad. are looking to see 
what the latest football scores are. Wrexham are there above Man City, was it? You know, it's ridiculous the the interest in Wrexham at the moment. So even if you know way down the line it's not Robin Ryan, they would only sell to the right people if they would ever sell, which is not even a guarantee, or if they were going to yeah, relinquish some of their control. And they'd be looking to sell to the right people if they ever did. And those people would also need to have the money to match the long-term ambitions of the club. So just, I know we're, I would also, we're harmed. Rich, but just, I, would also, I would also think that they would at least consult us, uh, given the name of the podcast, that you know they, they would have a quiet word and say, look, how long are you going to keep doing the podcast for? How long do we need to stick around? I'm joking, I'm joking. But, you know, it, it's it's fun. It's, it's a fun ride. You saw the documentary. They really care a lot. And like you say, they haven't seen the fruits of their labour yet. So... All good, all good. I'm not going to speak any more Spanish, but I will say all good. Calm down, it's all fine. And uh, yeah, good for Ryan if he wants to invest in, in another sports team, in my opinion. So, Nath, Wrexham on the road again this weekend. Wealdstone away. Good memories of that from last season. Reese Hall-Johnson, last-minute winner. The broken stand behind the goal. What a and day. Yeah, it was a weird day, wasn't it? Their keeper had a great game. We saw a man's baseball cap get blown away into oh, the field the behind us. Guy. We almost got hit by the ball. It like ricocheted off, ricocheted off my shoulder. You, were, yeah. yeah, it was. A, I was, it was late. A I came. Yeah. I, I came in. I came like thirty minutes late because there was a storm that stopped me getting getting there. Um, it was a nightmare. But it was a, what a. What a finish to the game! Like you say, their keeper George Wickens had a. I think he's he's at he's at Fulham now in Fulham's academy. Um, I've seen him a, a couple of times, you know, in kind of the day job and stuff. Um, it, yeah, it it was just a weird day. And and in fairness, the steward went and got that hat that was blown away. The bloke in front, the snapback was just blown into a muddy puddle in the field behind. It was. Uh, I mean, Jordan Davis has said it's his it's his least favorite trip of the season. It's his least favorite away day. I have to say, given how it finished, great memory for me. I thought it was a brilliant, brilliant away day for us. Yeah, it was. It's It almost gets like brushed into the carpet because there were so many good away days last season and there were so many big last-minute goals as well in games. The, the it was just won. right in front of us and it was like it, the, we were crammed in, weren't we? It's not a big ground at all. And Jordan's was... goal as well. The, it was the illegal goal where he hit the ball, <laughs> yeah. the free kick off the woodwork. It came back and he put it into the top corner. A, such a good goal but legally shouldn't stand and no no one no. in the stadium knew those rules till afterwards but it was a great away day Nath I mean again we can always make these devils advocate we could lose this we could drop points etc we've got to go there and win I do think it'll yeah. be tricky but I, I, I reckon it'll be 3-1 Wrexham this weekend which I know is early to go in with a prediction but Oof. I think we're gonna do it I do think we'll get the win uh, you've been getting a bit of the uh, view from the yeah. opposition camp though yeah, so I, I kind of got tapped up to help with the programme this weekend. So go and buy a programme if, you, if you're down there. It's really, really good, actually. I've had a quick sneak peek of it. Um, and I'm in it, so why would you not buy it? Uh, and so I thought Tim Parks, who helps with the programme, and he's another journalist like us, Rich, and he knows all things about um, Wealdstone and, and, and everything about that. So I thought, pick his brain and find out. For, I think for nine games they were unbeaten. And then the last whatever's been since then, the last six or whatever it is, they've really, really fallen off a cliff. Injuries and, and poor form and stuff. So I thought, what are we going to get? What style do they play? Who's the Who are the players to, to look out for? And Tim will give us the complete lowdown. Tim, thanks for coming on. Journalist who knows a lot more about Winston than I do. This game this weekend, I know midweek the game was called off, waterlogged pitch against Chesterfield. So well-rested going into the game at the weekend. Been a, been a bit of a tough couple of weeks. I know you said you won the last game before we came on, but it's it's been a bit of a tough couple of weeks because we'd seen you up there right at the start, unbeaten for nine games, I think it was. What, what, Hi, Nathan. Yeah. What's been going yeah. on? Well, we had an unfeasibly good start. We're actually top of the top of the National League table in August. Um, at the same time, I went under anaesthetic for uh, wisdom tooth removal <laughs> <laughs> on, the, on the day that we played at Gateshead. And I came out and I thought I was hallucinating because there was the league table showing us uh, showing us at the top for the first time in 37 years since wow. we actually won the league in 1985. So that was, you know, an astonishing start to us because we thought we were going to struggle as we lost our top scorer, Josh Umara. Mm. 
who top scored last year, one of the top scorers in the National League. We sold him to Hartlepool. And then, of course, uh, we also lost Reese Brown, who's our top scorer this year. We uh, having we had to sell him to Woking when they came calling. Yeah, I mean, he got the goal of... against us, I think. I think he scored the penalty, if I remember rightly, against us last he season. He did, yeah, last season. Last season's sort of defining game. You could have made... We talk about the the Hollywood duo at, uh, at Wrexham, but you could have made a mini-series out of that one game, I think. Yeah, crazy. We were Wilson one up. Reese Brown came on the sub, actually. Brought ah. down for a penalty, which he scored. Yeah, yeah. And then the baying mob behind the other goal <laughs> were... Uh, they bayed when Jack Cook, our skipper... Uh, handled on the edge of the box. A very tall He's individual. An, incre- very an, incre- tall. an incredibly tall man. <laughs> yeah, a player of the season by some way, I think. He's, he's, he's always named in the National League sort of teams of the week. Mm. One of the most influ- influential players. He, he got a second yellow in that game. One of, one of, so the, he... one of the kind of pe- think people that, that people were talking about after, especially when we went for some food afterwards, was the keeper. Was it um, Wickens? George Wickens, I think it George was? Wickens, who's yeah. on, on loan. He's the under-23 keeper at Fulham. But he's actually moved because Fulham went up to the Premier League last season. He's he's now down the pecking order, and we're hoping we're going to get him uh, this season as well. But um, Fulham rate him very highly. They've kept him on their books. And instead, we've gone Sam Howes in goal, who uh, did play for Wilson about five or six years ago when he was a teenager, ex-West Ham or Watford. Um, very, very useful keeper. He's captured about four different age groups for England. He's only 24. And he's done very well for us, I think. So you're saying potential for another goalkeeping masterclass against us? Well, let's hope so. Yeah, I mean, George was fantastic. As as I was saying, when Jack Cook handled for the uh, to, to get his second yellow card, it was 1-0 to Wilstone. And from that free kick last season, those who were there from Wrexham, of course, Jordan Davis bent his free kick against the crossbar, yeah. scampered after the ball, and illegally, unlawfully, uh, dispatched it into the opposite corner of the net, and nobody at the time, it's all hindsight, a great thing, sure, of course, sure. nobody at the time said, you can't do that. Well, no, we didn't, we the, didn't either know. We didn't sort of know that really around us. It was only kind of, I think one person might have mentioned it as we were sort of heading out, and, and then, yeah. To be fair then. to the referee, it's hard to tell us whether Wiggins got touched to it, did it come off yeah, the defender as yeah. the ball came off the crossbar. Um, but, I mean, you put it away brilliantly. And then, uh, then you got the winner in the fifth minute of stoppage time. Indeed, Rhysol Johnson, a great, great limbs, as we would say, behind the goal. So much so that you ended up with a big repair bill. Well, I mean, for yeah, any, any, was... any new listeners that, you know, got a lot of international listeners that love to hear about previous seasons. Basically what happened, wasn't it? Rhysol Johnson scores, 95th minute, wild celebrations for myself and others behind the goal. Yeah, and the old wooden fence. I mean, because Wilson's ground is... Uh, Dates back to well, not, not as old as Wrexham, obviously, but the the ground is is fairly um, piecemeal scattergun. You could say it's a bit of a hodgepodge, but it's got a very elderly wooden fence around that part of the ground in front of where the old gun turret is. That's a, a first for those who are coming to Grosvenor Vale on Saturday. There's a gun turret in the corner of the ground because um, it was used during the Second World War uh, to protect nearby Northolt Aerodrome, which the RF used. So there's actually a gun turret in the corner there. But right in front of the gun turret, a section of wooden fencing collapsed. And as a result of that, not only did we lose the game in fifth-minute stoppage time, we also had a £50,000 repair bill to repair. Hillingdon Council, the local authority, told uh, Wilson they had to replace the entire fence around the whole ground. So that was a huge, for for a, a small you know, part-time club, that's a huge expense. At the, at the moment, we didn't want it, really. Yeah, not not having ideal, had to up, having had to up yeah have, having had to upgrade the stadium in in the close season. Sure, which is the reason why we've we're the polar opposite to Wrexham. We're a selling club, really. So Reese Brown has gone this season. Our top scorer, Josh Umera, last season's top scorer. We had to sell him as well, and so fifty grand is obviously is a you know that would have, that would have gone a long way. So you're talking about the people... Not that, that, not that we're yeah. bitter. Not that we're bitter not about that at all. Yeah, you're definitely not, definitely not. <laughs> but I, I I was kind of racking my brain for the, the, the big names of... You're saying a couple of people have gone. We A lot of us saw Max Kretschmar go there. That seemed a really good sign at the time from Woking. Who are well, the, he's, you know, who are the other well, he's been plagued. He's been, pl- he's been plagued by a hamstring injury. So right. the reason that we did lose six games on the spin um, up until the recent win at Altrincham was because we we shorn of our entire midfield. Ashley Charles, who's 
one of our star players, ex-Watford, uh, Nathan Ferguson, ex-Southend, and Max Kretschmar, who is one of our biggest earners from, from Woking, surprised the National League by managed to pull him during the summer, mainly because he wanted to stay part-time, strangely. Interesting. There, there are players with, because he works for Arsenal as a, like a talent scout, basically. Right. And there are a lot, and Jack Cook has got a great job at, at Nike. So these guys, people with decent jobs outside football, you know, it actually appeals to them to be you know, a decently paid part-timer and with a high profile in the National League. So there is that, there is the flip side to being um, part-time. And that's it. And also Lewis Kinsella, who was all the shots captain last year. We managed to lure him across. And a similar thing, he's got another job outside the game as well. But he's been injured too. He got sent off on his debut actually against Yeovil, which was uh, he's quite feisty, as you can imagine from that. So, uh, And that game against Yeovil, we were, we were top of the league by two points. And we, we, only, we only had 10 men for uh, 70 minutes, 80 minutes, in fact. We got a draw. We drew four games in succession, which, as you know, cost us a lot. And then um, it's been downhill for those six games, while at the other end, you know, Wrexham have been ploughing ahead. Yeah, well, away from home, people would beg to differ, but we've been we've been grinding them out, we've been grinding results out, and we're, we're you know we're right up there, right on mm. Notts County's tail. Um, I saw your manager actually say that when Notts County came to your place, that they were the best National League team he'd ever seen. So clearly, uh, yeah, you know, I was, clearly we're, I was we're astonished. Up to the challenge, you know, they. For anyone who didn't see that, they did put on an you know an attacking clinic that night. Was it five one in the end, six one? Six one. They were falling up at half time, and every goal sort of was in the postage stamp, as they say. You know, top bins, yeah. smacked inside the near post. You know, within an inch of the post, within an inch of the crossbar and the upright. Fantastic. I mean, Mac Macaulay Langstaff. Uh, in fact, it was um, Adam Chickson, the left back, yeah. who scored two stupendous goals. Right, I was standing, I was standing behind the goal. I don't normally stand behind the goal. I had my two of my grandsons with me, so the first games they were watching at uh, Willstone, <coughs> and I felt as um, discombobulated as a, as a goalkeeper. Really, the way that the ball just flew in the top corner each time, un, you know, unsavable. So what, what's the mood? What's the mood going into the weekend? And now Wrexham, like I say, there's not been that midweek game for Wealdstone, and uh, you know, kind of, it's been well, a bit of a tough run. Are you optimistic? Big crowd and everything like that. Yeah, well, we got knocked out of the FA Cup at Boreham Wood, which is again, we always seem to get the worst possible draw, and that was for us. That was the hardest task. We lost there five three in the FA Cup, so we had a free Saturday, and the management team, I know, were pleased about that. They didn't want to arrange another game. This was last Saturday, right? Because we've got, say, Sean of our midfield who are coming back from injury. Tuesday night against Chesterfield would have been a very heavy pitch, but um, dead fox corner, as we call it, because a fox was found drowned there. Oh, he wow. <laughs> gets that yes. wet, you know. Didn't have any scuba gear, the, the fox, on that occasion. So, uh, dead fox corner, yeah, flooded again. Pitch was saturated. The referee had no choice, really, but to call it off at lunchtime. So... Yeah, we've had um, 10 days since our last game, and that's been really important, I think, to get some injured players back. So we, how fit they are, that's another question of how match fit. But we, numbers-wise, you know, we're up to it. We're looking, we're looking good. But if Wrexham play as well as Notts County did, it doesn't matter how many good players we got out there. Sure. We'll be, we should be blown away. And I think that's most of the crowd at Willstone. It was quite amusing because they were singing songs, you know, deriding our own. <laughs> ability, I think the crowd quite enjoyed that, and yeah, there'll yeah, be yeah. we'll have about two thousand there, I think, on Saturday. So, so Same last, crowd with... last question from me then: What stylistically, what are Wrexham going to be coming up against? Because pretty much we're quite predictable that we've got the three-five-two. The team pretty much picks itself now. Um, you can have Elliot Lee or Jordan Davis as the number ten, Mullen and Palmer up top, <clears> Luke Young and, and James Jones in midfield. Ford and McFadden or Jacob Mendy if he's fit um, when it when he's Jacob fit. Mendy yeah, yeah there's, he's, he's out that's another there, player another you know. hey, another player we had to sell I mean I was doing the commentary during the behind closed doors season and he scored a stupendous goal against Wrexham I remember, I remember when Wilson won four three I mean that was an astonishing strike top corner yeah but stylistically what what are we expecting to come up against Is well that I think Wilson yeah, and no, I think we play. We changed. We we were abysmal in the game before Altrincham. Uh, we lost at Dagenham four-one, and before Altrincham, we changed to three at the back. Right. With two wing backs, uh, Lewis Kinsella and and uh, Charlie Barker, who's on loan from Charlton, Charlton Athletic. So, 
I imagine he'll keep the same three at the back, uh, two wing backs, three in midfield, a change of personnel in there, obviously, with our new guys coming back. But um, I think that's the format we'll play. And we, we love playing the ball around at the back. I'm sure Rexham are well aware of this and they'll be pressing. We'll be trying to play through the press. And we do play, when, if we can play between the lines, then we've got a good chance of getting through you and getting the ball to the flanks, crossing it, you know, and that's the way we score our goals. Through Because we've got very small strikers, we haven't, we, the bigger the strikers you have in non-league, in fact, in the lower regions of the football league, the more expensive they are. So we've got a team of dwarfs, pretty much, you know, front, front. We're, not, we're not a big side, but we're technically very, very good. I mean, you'll enjoy the game on Saturday because uh, it'll be technically brilliant in many ways. I mean, based on that, Rich, it, it could be absolutely anything again. They're going to raise their game because it's Wrexham. But as he said, they were blown away by Notts County. And as he described it, they've got a, front, a strike force full of dwarfs. So Ollie Palmer could stomp all over them. I don't know. Yeah, it's going to be really interesting to see, isn't it? But like I said, I, I think we've got to get away from the old school pessimism which is it you've got to go there and win you've got to go there and win we've got to go there and win if we've got genuine title aspirations like I said there's going to be more drop points this season there's going to be maybe two or three games where we really underperform and I know the pessimism will creep back into the fan base I I wouldn't be surprised if there's some parky out tweets at some point and in the not so distant future but we've had so much positivity and I do think that we have got a knack. I know we're much worse away from home, but we have got a good knack of you know, grinding out some of these results because I I always make a case for us to drop points, and we we rarely do. So I think we just need the positivity. And yeah, I, I'm confident in the lads. What about yourself, Nath? Yeah, I mean, look, Woking. I was there. That was quite gritty in places. Um, I'm trying to think of kind of other away games. I'm, that Chesterfield one's absolutely scarred onto my brain, Rich. Honestly, I can't get it out of my head. Um, but, you know, we, we had a knack. I mean, South End, we didn't play well. And, you know, they they felt aggrieved with the disallowed goal. We've come away with a point. That actually looks a really good point now when you think about it. Notts County the other night got a point there. South End are, are coming up good. You know, I think, was it, did you say at the start of the season they were your dark horse for the... For the kind of playoffs and things, I, I think, think they, they're so, looking. Again, they're looking I good. Make the joke. I made. I made Turkey to be the dark horses of the last year. Yeah, well, hey, look. And I've made Iran to uh, get out of really? the Wales group at the World Really? Cup. Well, I've, I I picked Turkey as my dark horse, and that has aged horribly. Um, they have been atrocious, so that's looking good. And I had uh, Wealdstone to finish bottom of the table. So both of those are not looking great. I'll be honest. My predictions are in tatters. But yeah, we've got to go there and win, Rich, and um, and I'm confident we will. You know, Notts County, when you watch their highlights, they really did rip them apart. They're going to go three five two like us, so it'd just be matched up. And one through eleven, we've just got better players. Um, a lot of their players part time. I, I yeah, I'm I'm fully of the belief that we'll we'll be able to put on a, a display. I really do. It's just left down to them to go and do it now, then, isn't it? But thank you very much again for listening to Rob Ryan Red. As we say every week, you can get us on all the socials, robryanred.com as well. And yeah, just go on any social media, type in Rob Ryan Red. Who knows how long we'll be left on Twitter for, though. Um, yeah, maybe we'll keep, keep our eyes posted on that in the, in the weeks ahead. Again, thank you very much to Tops Kick for sponsoring this run of episodes. But always thank you to Hypnotic, who produced the music, and to Red 10 People Development, who have supported us right from the start. And yeah, we're so happy to to have them associated with us on the podcast. Naif, and I must say the biggest thank you is to you for joining me as we do every Wednesday night, even when there's games that have been happening, we always <laughs> find a way to record. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm tired. This Wednesday game, I don't know, we were stressing out. It was it was causing chaos. So next time, please, to stop scheduling games during our records because it's not ideal at all. Not much to ask, is it? But first world <laughs> problems. We'll be back again next time to see how Wrexham did get on at Wealdstone and look ahead to the other fixtures on Horizon. Take care wherever you are in the world. Back the boys, make some noise, and we'll see you again next time.
It's the 90th minute. All your mates are around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport, powered by fans.